Welcome to 9 to 5 Mac Overtime, Episode 5, with your host, Jeff Benjamin, your other host, Fernando Silva, and special guest, Riley Testut. What's up, Riley? Hey, Riley, What's how you up? doing, man? I'm doing great. How about y'all? Doing awesome, Amazing. man. Pleasant surprise for me. Nice shirt, man. Uh, thanks. Oh, I love this, yeah. <laughs> Good luck sweater. It's great. <laughs> Man, so thank you for joining, dude. Like we were just talking, both of us mm-hmm. have been like, like fans of your work yeah. for years. Oh, well, <laughs> like I'm, a, I'm a little bit giddy. I'm not gonna lie. This is like, whoa. Oh, well, I mean, I'm giddy being <laughs> on this, talking to you. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So, um, Nando, do you want to introduce them? Yeah, let's get it started. All right. Welcome everybody to Nine to Five Mac Overtime. I am your co-host Fernando, and we got Jeff Benjamin over here as well. But we got a special guest today with our very own Riley Testa, the creator of AltStore, GBA for iOS, the Delta emulator. Uh, I've spent hours and hours on my iPhone 5 playing Pokemon because <laughs> of you. So, hey, same <laughs> so here, welcome, yeah. my man. It's an honor to be here. So excited. No, of course. When uh, Jeff told me that we were going to have you on, I was like, wait, the Riley Testa? I was like, <laughs> all right, let's do it, man. Of course. <laughs> nice. Um, but I know Jeff uh, loaded up some questions for us and for you. And I know a lot of a lot of stuff happened uh, this past week with 17.4 beta one coming so, out. So much going yeah. out. Yeah, I'm still just trying to process and dive to everything, but all great yeah, things. We all are. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. So, like, first of all, where are you based out of? Uh, right now, I'm in Dallas, Texas. It's where oh, I nice. grew up. I was living in LA for a while, and then me and Shane, my business partner we moved back here to kind of like buckle down and really focus on alt store. So just in Texas right now. Okay. So give us a little bit of history about like your path to number one, iOS development, and then eventually Mm -hmm. all the way to where you are right now. Like Um, you started, it was a a small little game that you made initially, right? Yeah. The very first, wow. Yeah. The first thing I ever made was like this basic little camera app that you could just like, take your phone, look around the world at you. And then mm-hmm. you could just like shoot, press a button, shoot lasers. And like, that was the entire app. Like it was just That's a camera cool. feed with, and I used Microsoft paint to make all the graphics. It's like the A button was just a literally a red circle in paint with an A awesome. on it and just shooting that. And that was like the first thing I ever made. And I was like, this is so cool. I love this. And then I like went into, for a while I was working on camera apps or that was okay. like my focus. I really loved camera apps. I really wanted to have the, the camera app that had all the features. And so mm-hmm. then I like put all my time into camera prime. That's what I called it. And I was like, this okay. is the app I'm going to be known for. I'm going <laughs> to like put all the features, anti-shake, the timer. And I was really pumped on it, focused on it. And I mean, it did fine. Like yeah. it was, it was cool. I was in high school at the time. So I was just like yeah. making an app on the side and it was cool. Like it got any income at all, but I was just basically what? just focused on it. What? what year was that? Just to give the people an oh, idea. Like time, like what iPhone was right. it? What year timeline was? Uh, that was back 2010. Yeah, iPhone 4. Okay. Era. Yeah, because okay, I was nice. using... I started on my iPhone 3G development. I, but basically, I got my iPhone 3G because I was like, oh my God, this iPhone seems so cool. And then as soon as I got it, I just fell in love. I was like, this is the most incredible device I've ever owned. I could just do so much with it. And just so the first day, like I just downloaded all the apps you could from the app store. And I was like, oh, this is so amazing. And I was just blown away by the creativity. And so I wanted to then start to make my own apps. And so then that led me into like the, the camera, camera app stuff. So I was working on that. 
And then, so that was my main focus. And this is 2010, yeah, iPhone 4. And then I randomly one day, like, came across some open source code for, like, a Game Boy Advance emulator. And it was GPS phone, if you knew that one from the jailbreak days. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. wait, this is the all the code. Like, I'm a developer. I can just download it and compile it and put it on my device. And so that's what I did with some, like, tinkering and making it, like, actually work yeah. on non-jailbroken. And so once I just did that, I then was like, huh, this is pretty cool, actually. Like, I can just play Game Boy games on my phone. So then I gave it to, like, all my friends at school. I would, like, install, like take their phones and, like, install it from my Xcode and put it on. So then we'd all just be playing Game Boy games. Man, and I bet my... you were super popular. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Super. It did yeah. work out, actually, that all the, cool, the kids actually like Pokemon. Like, everyone likes yeah. Pokemon. So, yeah, it was honestly yeah. just, like, we're all playing Pokemon in high school just on our phones. And then it's just, like, but I thought it was, like, this random side project i was working on like i didn't expect it to go anywhere i still thought camera prime was gonna be like my main thing and so it was then that there was like a tool that called mac build server and it just allowed you to basically connect any of your open source apps with their service and they'd use an enterprise certificate to then distribute your app and so right. then i was like oh okay this is amazing i can my gba what i call gba for ios was it was open source. So I was like, okay, connect it to the service. Then anyone can just download an enterprise signed version of GBA FireOS without any workarounds. And so I just did that. Basically, I like hooked it up. I was like, huh, this is cool. Let's see what, what happens with it. And then just turns out that was actually a really popular idea. It turns out yeah. a lot of people like really wanted to play Game Boy games on their phone. Yeah. A lot of people. I just remember that being so popular. Um, yeah. And I remember being super excited with the idea. But then yeah. you take it to another level with Delta, like, because <laughs> yeah. now it's not just Game Boy Advance, but it's multiple different hardware. Super yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, I know it. Exactly. And it's just because I learned from working on GBA for iOS. I was like, oh, there's a demand for this. Like, I made GBA in my part in like my spare time but so then i was like i should focus on like a real app like actually build mm -hmm. a full all-in-one like emulate emulation platform and so that's what yeah maybe get started with delta because i wanted to make the premier like emulation experience exactly for that yeah i remember back in the day uh because back back in like 2010 2011 people were still using android phones i remember my buddy had that moto yeah. droid and he was downloading <laughs> emulators yeah. directly from the play store and I had my yep. iPhone 3GS or whatever the case was, and he would just be playing Pokemon. And I was, I remember being so jealous. And then <laughs> that's kind of what led me down the city of path and jailbreaking exactly. my phone. I, was, I also jailbroke my 3G at first, literally for like a week, because I did not like jailbreaking. It's a lot of work, but I wanted to play Pokemon. So I jailbroke and I got GPS phone and I was like, this is so cool. And then I was like, it's not worth jailbreaking for that. But yeah, it's just being able to play Pokemon just handheld. is just like such a perfect fit mm -hmm. in my opinion. So, yeah. And now it's funny. The resurgence is huge now, like with the analog pocket <laughs> and, and also with your yep. Delta coming around and Alt Store and the Pokemon cards coming back. It's funny, man. I can go down a whole rabbit hole. I don't want to go into the Pokemon aspect. <laughs> I mean, but... same. Yeah. I truly could. So, so uh. you developed, started developing Delta. Now, you also created the Alt Store, which isn't, well, kind of the name speaks for itself, mm -hmm. but an alternative yeah. app store. What Were those developed in in parallel how did that which one came first uh, by the end they were so i was working on delta and so i i just graduated high school i released gba for ios at the end of high school and then i went into college and i was like okay i'm gonna spend like all my spare time in college working on delta 
And so I was work I worked in that basically a full year, like my freshman year. And so then I went to WWDC that year. And so I got to talk to the app review team. I basically was like, hey, I'm working on this emulator. I want to get it in the app store. Like I want to distribute it to people. I don't want to do any hacks or weird things with it. And then I talked to them and they basically said, hey, we actually can allow it as long as you follow like certain rules. And the rules they told me were, I had to basically give them a white list of games for them to approve so that they could make sure that every game you emulated with Delta was like app store safe. And I was like, fine, like, okay. Like I could just send them a list like every app update and like, here are the 10 games this update supports now. And then Apple would go and review those 10 games. And I was like, whatever, it's janky, but I'm willing to do anything to get it in mm -hmm. store. So I was like, that works for me. So then I basically spent another year building Delta with that in mind, like thinking I'm actually gonna release this thing. Like it's gonna be a real app. And so then I met them again at the next WWC. And then the same person told me, so I talked to like the higher ups. <laughs> we can't allow emulators. Like basically telling you, it's like, it's not a real rule, but like they couldn't it's do like, it. And I, it's for like yeah. legality, intellectual property stuff. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. But you told me I could. And so <laughs> I spent a year so, working on this. <laughs> literally, I was very frustrated and I, yeah. I, I understood. But so then I basically was like, is there any other way I can distribute this app? Like, can I get Delta out there literally in any way? And then I basically came across like the way of using alt stores. Like, I came the idea of sideloading by using like free developer accounts. So I okay. just basically was like, if everyone has an Apple ID and Apple's made it possible for you to install your own apps onto your phone as a developer for free if you're just testing out your own apps. I could just use that same system to make Alt Store trick everyone's phone into thinking they're installing their own self-developed apps. And that would be totally allowed with what Apple does. There's a lot of restrictions in place, like Apple can only install three apps at a time from this yeah. method and they expire every seven days, but it yeah. works. And so I was like, whatever. And then that was just Alt Store was like, just making a whole convenience layer around a lot of these like annoyances that Apple had in place for personal like development apps. Yeah. Trying to reduce the friction as much as possible, man. Yeah. Cause, cause there is a decent amount of friction there. Yeah. And real quick, right before we jump into, cause I know Jeff has some, another question, but <laughs> for a GBA for iOS, was there any point where you were generating, was there any like revenue generating happening no, no, at all? No, no, <laughs> no. That all was you were spending your own free, free time. I was on the hook at one point for $13,000 to Amazon because I had oh, not optimized a lot of things. And the first <laughs> month I just, I saw the bill and I literally had to go to my parents and be like, and then we had to email Amazon and they did in fact forgive it. And they did not make me pay the $13,000 oh, nice. that I could not afford as a high schooler. But yeah, I learned my lesson from that on how to host things responsibly and cost effectively. But no, no <laughs> money came from it. it. Just good PR, great, and like I loved it. But yeah, yeah, no revenue. Okay, no, I was just curious for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, and I know we'll talk about some of like the Patreon thing a little bit later as well. But you mentioned that there's like things that you had to sort of massage or to work around to make it more convenient. You mentioned the three app limit, so that's obviously mm -hmm. a big one. Seven day expiration, so you have to renew. Uh, every seven days, basically. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the developer fee itself, ninety nine dollars. Yeah. For to be a developer, so, in what ways did you did you create, what what methods did you use with Alt Store to make it sure. more convenient for just the average user? Yeah. So the first of all, the biggest like barrier was the ninety nine dollars. Like people 
the average person wasn't going to spend $90 to sideload. So right. thankfully, Apple made it possible for you to use your own Apple I personal Apple ID for free without paying money to install just your own apps. So the, the entire system is outsourced based on that, free developer accounts. And free okay. developer accounts are the ones that have all those limitations. So like if you pay Apple $100 a year, you can sideload as many apps as you want. There's no restrictions. Do what you want. You're a full developer. If you're yeah, a free sure. developer, like all of AltStore's users, that's when you have like the three app limit. Every app expires after seven days. But so, yes, the first step was just getting it to be free. So I knew that mm -hmm. you just got, you, it's, you can't convince people to pay $100. I mean, you shouldn't. That's yeah. a lot of money. So then we made it free. And the next thing was just figuring out the two other things. The first was that you need a computer to sideload apps. Yeah. With the system set up, you can't, from the device, install a self, a personal developer account app. So that's why we made this whole desktop app alt server that all it does is alt store sends the app to alt server over Wi-Fi. And then alt server just installs it back to the phone over Wi-Fi. So it's like, to me, redundant, but that's, it just works. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. sure, I can't install it from the device. Just go to the computer and then go back to the phone. And so that was one workaround for that. And then, so then we tied that for the seven day thing is just basically in the background, alt store will try to find alt server on the same Wi-Fi network, like every once in a while, and then try to just refresh your apps in the background. And so as if it can do that at least once during the week, then your apps will last another week. And so yeah. okay. that was the idea. We also made like a series shortcut for it. So like my, at two 30 every day, alt store refreshes all my apps <laughs> and I'm like, cool, works well. Dang, that's a beautiful so, workaround. Yeah, Again, like, people, people, don't deal, do. people don't want to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. With what was given to you, because Apple, yep. oh, God, <laughs> Apple and Pokemon Man and Nintendo. I know. Anyway. Yeah, it's, just, it's like the perfect <laughs> combination. Yet no one wants it to happen. Right? It's wild. So, but, were other like developers able to use Alt Store as a way to distribute their apps, or how did yes. that work? So, the very first version of Alt Store was very much a focused. This is a Delta distribution tool that right. you can install other apps with. And so from that point on, we, the focus was on building it into like an actual storefront. And so like a, a year or so after launching Alt Store, I made it actually official, able to install any app from any developer. And then for the past year or so, we've been like building up basically what we call sources. So it allows anyone to self-host like their own app in Alt Store, kind of like a city uh, repo Repository. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, the same thing. You would just have your J JSON, just a JSON file listing your apps. You upload that to your server. An alt store can just find that and then users can then add your source and get your apps. So that's what we've been building towards. And we're about more or less ready to launch that. And so that's a full true like storefront for all developers versus right now, because of all the security stuff, we didn't want to like, we knew there were a lot of risks. So we split the difference right now. If we have trusted sources for right now in the current version of alt store that we've signed off and said, we do trust these. We know they're safe. You are welcome to go on the web and find whatever other ones you want to find and download apps. But if you just want an easy all-in-one experience, these apps are fine. And so that's what we're trying to balance. So it's, I mean, it's not the most perfect analogy, but it's sort of like a legitimate like Cydia for non-jailbroken phones. Mm -hmm. It's that idea of it. So it's decentralized and like just because we thought people should be able to just like be in control of their own apps. And we didn't want to be like, an app review centralized thing. Yeah. So the benefit of that is not only like you can have apps that Apple wouldn't allow in the app store, like, like Delta, but then there's even more like advanced applications. Like you, did you make clips 
Yeah, yeah, I'm also make clip. My first, like, it's my personal hobby app. It's a clipboard manager. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like, so, just but a, that also has advantages over the clipboard because there's tons of clipboard managers on iOS. But what is yeah. the advantage of clips? Just that it can run in the background. Like that. That's yeah. just it. Just it. Using APIs that app store apps can use. Like right, right now. The current version just plays a silent audio track in the background and just keeps it running. And so it can listen to the clipboard. But it's like, these are things app store apps can do that just aren't happening right now because of arbitrary decisions. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, okay. that takes us to um, the big sort of the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as the creator of an alternative app store, like uh-huh. AltStore, what are your thoughts on the new regulations uh, from the EU that Apple's implementing with iOS 17.4? Mm-hmm. Uh, just what are your thoughts in general about that regarding the, the ability to have a third-party app store and their yeah. rules behind it? I know it's a lot. It so, is a lot. There's a lot. But yeah, I'll just start with saying, I honestly think high level, I think there's a lot of good changes for the platform. And honestly, more than I expected in some ways, but I don't think it goes too far. Like most importantly, I don't think it's gonna disrupt, honestly, the current app store ecosystem too much. And that was what yeah. I was most concerned about. So basically going into this, I didn't want it there to be like just a lot of alternative app stores. Cause as a consumer, I like that there's the app store. I like that I yeah. go one place. I like that I get all my apps everywhere. Like, and that's a huge benefit for me. And so whatever I want to see, basically my stance is, I want new apps to exist that didn't exist before. And I want apps that already exist to just stay in the app store. That's like my perfect mm-hmm. world. And so I think yeah. Apple's kind of made that possible with like specifically these types of the restrictions they've added on third-party stores, sorry, third-party marketplaces and mm-hmm. third-party like apps through marketplaces. I think they've made it that overall, there's not much benefit. Like sure, you could get maybe, maybe, make some more money outside the app store outside the app store but you have to then pay like the core technology fee so it's like you need to weigh that benefit pro or con versus being in the app store so like i mean like you said there's so much to go through but yes my gut feeling initially is that i think apple's threaded a good balance here between allowing new things that aren't going to take away from the bottom line and yeah. not allowing all the big all the big apps to leave the app store yeah, there seems to be a, from what we've been kind of reading uh, with 17.4 update, there seems to be a big enough barrier to entry to create your own alt store, both financially and yes. through all the other headaches that happen, mm-hmm. that it won't dilute the current app store. Because like, like you said, that that yes. was my biggest worry. Mm-hmm. Like I, I love the safeguards of the app store. Yes, there's restrictions and these companies have to pay 30% commission. And I'm sure that's not 100% fair because Apple owns distribution to like every single iPhone. Yeah. But again, as a consumer... I'm I'm happy with whatever app I download. Like there's yeah. nothing crazy that's going to happen when I download. Like I'm not going to get hacked through the app store for the most part, 99% mm-hmm. sure. Uh, yeah. So that was my biggest worry. So, yeah. I mean, let's see what happens. And again, it's only in the EU right now. Mm-hmm. And I just hope that app developers and companies and brands don't start investing, you know, 30, 40, 50% of their money and leave the app store and start investing in these alt stores exactly. uh, or again, mar- alternative marketplaces <laughs> in the EU. Yeah. So that's exactly. my biggest I just, worry. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I agree. I don't see that happening as much. I think that would have been bad. So, I mean, we'll see for sure what happens, but I do think as a whole, like having a high enough barrier for entry to making third-party stores is a good thing. Yeah. For all it's expensive, people. man. That, uh, <laughs> yep. that 50 cent euro fee, 
yes. a per download basis. That's wild. <laughs> it yes, and we are we we have plans. We know how we're going to handle it. But yes, that was a fun thing to figure out yesterday. With oh, we we knew there would be restrictions. We knew that Apple would have requirements for third party stores, and so yesterday was all us being like, okay, cool. Let's figure all this out. Get it all working out. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy with what we're doing at least. Yeah. So, so, so what, the, so what with, is the plan? Go yeah, ahead. that's what I was going to ask. The same question. <laughs> We're curious, man. <laughs> or oh, what is the plan? Yeah, if you don't uh, mind I don't want to reveal too much right now because we're still figuring out some technicalities. But mm-hmm. just as I'll just say that we will be launching, we will be a store, and we're not going to do anything like gross or like scummy to try to afford these things. So we have a plan. We'll be figuring yeah. it out. So maybe cool. Delta will be on my iPhone sooner rather than later. We, Although that is what we're trying for. Can people in the US get it? Like what what is the the situation for people in the US that want to sideload? You can't right now, right? Yeah. I mean, you can use Alt Store, the well, existing yeah. version of Alt Store. <laughs> That's but no, yeah. Yeah. As officially sideloading, yeah. There's nothing really. I guess we'll wait and see if there are ways around it. Like I don't know if a VPN would help. Mm-hmm. I think there's multiple things. Like y'all even report. Jeff like, was playing multiple with that. Things. Yeah. It's like how yeah, there's multiple they they they've yeah it's more than just your device identifier more than just a location it's a combination of multiple factors that apple yep. was keying in on to see if for eligibility requirements so i think it will be a pretty tough thing to overcome not to say it's impossible but um yeah they're not making it easy no not at all and my personal favorite part is that to test this work we may have to literally fly to europe to just be like <laughs> Does it work? Just debug it and be there. Because I'm like, yep, I don't know if I'm going to be able to test it from here. And like, that's true. So just one of those things where like, oh, we got to figure that one out too. Yeah, I guess that's the other question. It's like, all right, just from a business perspective, like, is it worth launching an app store when it's only limited to the EU? Or are you looking at this more from a long-term perspective that Apple, because it's just a basically software switch well, they can say, okay, it's enabled in the U.S. now. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they developed it so they don't have to continue to, like, push a new version of iOS, in other yeah. words. I think it objectively is kind of crazy to be focused so hard. If it was just going to be the EU long-term, I don't want to say crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just be a lot of effort if that was the ultimate end goal. And so yeah. I view this as, I think this will expand to, like, like places in the future. I think we will see this in the United States at some point. I'm I'm thankful it's starting in just the EU because I think this is a like uncharted territory, and so we should like be careful with it and like see what happens in Europe before we expand other places. But I do see some form of side loading, just expanding beyond Europe, and I want to want like be prepared for that. But also at the same, time, you know, even if they were weren't going to expand in the future, I probably would be invested in this just because I really just want to get Delta out there. Like, that's all I've just wanted for so long. It's like just that personal passion for it. I would probably just be like, whatever, I'll deal with it. I'll figure it out just so I can say it's finally real, like a real app. I'm curious, uh, how many, uh, what's like the user base for both uh, the All Store and Delta right now? Like, what um, a rough idea. So we passed like our three millionth user, I think in the past few months nice. for alt store like so yeah pretty happy with that's that incredible. and i think we're nearing 1 million for delta that's like we'll get the, there the fact that you so, have those numbers with this amount of friction means <laughs> like if you get it in a way where it's a lot easier to get that's gonna 10x easy 
That's easy, I think. We're hoping to see some increase. That yeah. it would be unfortunate to put all this effort in to see nothing change, I will say. Yeah. But yeah, is, that is what I'm thinking. With all this friction in place, <clears throat> if there's at least this much demand for current sideloading, I hope that more easy sideloading will make more people want to be able to download Delta or something. So obviously this is just talking to you. It's a passion project. It's not about, you know, getting rich, uh, right. but obviously there's cost involved with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So how, how, how are you able to support yourself and, and to grow your business given sort of the, the strategy here? Yeah. Well, so up until now, we've just been all entirely supported through Patreon and that's been like, okay. yeah, the only source of income we've had. So it allows me to work on me and Shane, my business partner to work on it full time. And that's been incredible because it means we're not having to spend any time doing other things. I don't have, to have another job and it's been working out very well. And, and I'm yeah. very happy with that. So going forward, I do want, think that'll be just the pretty much the primary way we're getting any income, if not the only way, because it just, it's a nice balance between you. Like people understand it. They get mm -hmm. Ulster for free. If they get Delta for free. If they like it more, they pay more. If they don't want to pay more, they'll get all the features eventually. Cause all the things we just give them the beta versions of our apps. So everyone still gets everything eventually in time. I also do want to point out that app store does not let you do that. You cannot sell beta versions of your apps, which I think is stupid because it works very well. People want to pay for beta versions of apps. It's a very sustainable way of making money. Like, and it's just mm -hmm. one of those things that, yeah, you can't do in the app store, but. So that's like people want nice. to be beta testers, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which is funny. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like the, only it's sort of like the Patreon model. Yeah. It's like you get extra perks if you are willing to pay. So that totally makes sense. It just, yeah, it just works because yeah, you avoid the whole, like, why are you holding back features for paid users? It's just like, yeah, they're not being held back. They're being worked on. You'll get it when it's ready, but if you want it early. So that's been really nice. And also with Altster, we are, just separately. We're hoping to encourage that. We've built in support for Patreon to alt store so that other developers can make Patreon campaigns and distribute apps to just their patrons. Because we just think it's a much better system of making money, especially for mm -hmm. like free apps. But yeah. so that's one angle, at least for all our funding. Is, it, is there kind of a gray area to charge people specifically for Delta because it is an emulator and because you are playing, you know, you know, IP titles and things like that? I think it's <laughs> I'm happy with where we are with it because we, it's basically, you're not buying Delta. You are supporting me and Shane and whatever okay. apps we do. And I yeah. think that's helped like make it be like, so like, cause the same donation goes to Delta and alt store. Like we're just working on both okay. full time. And so yeah. it's kind of this, whatever app you, if you just want to see apps from us in general or clip, like people love clip. And so they'll mm -hmm. donate for clip. And so that's the idea. Just, if you want at all ideas from us, you'll donate. And it's that it's not, you are charging for an emulator or you're charging for certain things, which gets into the weirder territories. Yeah, of course. Okay. I was curious. And then one, one final thing that I do want to bring up, cause there was yep. one global change of 17.4, which was the ability to now have things like Xbox game pass oh, and, yeah. and steam and like, going to ask the exact question, service, man. right. <laughs> so I'm curious to know if, is there a, like, why not create? a streaming platform for these GBA emulators or these Wii emulators? Like, is that something that can happen? Have you looked I, into so that? That's interesting. I mean, I think this is where, I think the app store rules allow it. I think though, if you were to actually have like a, a Wii streaming app, it would be uh -huh. the same situation as Delta. App would be like, okay. we can't 
because like yeah. they have a partnership with Nintendo. It's, just, it's like Nintendo could just pull Mario Run and other apps from the App Store. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't think they can sign off on the idea of running emula- like Wii or GameCube on the phone. Just okay. to keep their perception and just avoid a lot of legalities. But I, okay. do, I don't think they care. That's, I think people think Apple doesn't like emulators. And I'm like, they, they don't care at all. They actually, mm-hmm. I bet they think it's cool that you can do this stuff on the iPad. They just don't want yeah. to like get involved. They want to keep themselves safe. So no, I don't think we'd see emulator streaming, but I do think it's a great rule change. A rule change we need to see, and I'm excited to use like Game Pass and oh, finally yeah, just not through Safari. <laughs> yeah. Finally, yeah. No, yeah, I was just curious about that aspect because yeah. again, that's the only real change that's coming to the U.S. is that ability to be able to find and play a full-fledged Madden off of Xbox, your Xbox Game Pass on your iPad. I did see the rule change. I was like, oh for. man, this is basically like this is <laughs> basically what would allow Delta. But I'm just like, oh no, it's it's the intellectual property stuff that yeah, yeah. S- stops them. Even if it's, it is sense. legal, it is totally legal. But <laughs> so rip your ROMs legally. Like, exactly. I, exactly. I have a game that's what I ripper. Of... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do all my stuff's legal do it but yeah oh well i, totally I do understand true. i don't hate apple for their stance on emulators i just see we, we got our games beautiful know? amazing yeah one of the best good. ones right there <laughs> so i'll just rip that and we're good yeah exactly yeah we've literally talked about like should we make like a hardware accessory that we sell that just rips roms and then connects to like a version of delta in the app store and then that would be like a totally legal way you just back it up or, like put it on your phone and maybe someone wants to do that cool. i think it'd be a cool idea i have no idea how to yeah. actually build hardware I'm just the app guy, but I was like, you know, if we want to do it Delta legally, we could just add the adapter to read the card, like just like a pocket. I was going to say, you should like reach out to Analog Pocket and maybe <laughs> partner with them with something. That'd be a I mean, cool partnership. That'd be amazing. Would love that. Right? Yeah. I did just pick up the red one, by the way, for anybody that's curious. Excellent. I got my purple <laughs> nice. translucent one. God, nice. yeah. All those drops I'm are doing. Jealous. I was like, oh, it's amazing. I love, I now yeah. have like three. It's bad, but that's, oh, that's funny. So that's why I couldn't get mine in time. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was protecting all the inventory. You know, I had to make sure that it worked the same as Delta. Yeah. So, Riley, we really appreciate like your insights and just all the hard work you've done. I mean, just an amazing like developer, and you brought no doubt a lot of joy to users mm-hmm. who like to play emulators. And uh, how can people support you? Can you just help us define where we can go? Sure, yeah. So if you just want to follow me and stay like up to date, you can follow me on Mastodon, Riley Testut at Mastodon.social, or on threads at Riley Testut. Or if you want to support us financially and donate and like because you like what we're doing, you can go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash Riley Shane and nice. donate whatever you think is kind. And because trust me, we really appreciate it. It's literally the only thing keeping us going right now is our Patreon. So it's a beautiful all, thing. All donations. We are really thankful for our patrons. We could not do it without them. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining. Any last things you want to tell the viewers? I can't wait. I'm excited to see what happens. It's going to be fun. I'm stressed. I'm going to be very stressed the next month getting everything ready, but uh, yeah, overall, very happy. So yeah, thanks for awesome. having me on. Really yeah. appreciate this. And Delta on Vision Pro? Maybe. I'm working <laughs> oh, on something, man. but we'll see what happens. Oh. Yeah, we yeah, we're going to need to have you on like next month or something. Then we'll figure this out <laughs> yeah. for we'll sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's talk. Awesome, thank you. Thanks so much That's for the time, great. man. Thanks so much, y'all. Riley tested everybody. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that yeah, smile was, was infectious. He just he yeah, just seemed was. like uh, happy to be doing what he's doing. That's like a testament to consistency to doing what you love. I mean, the guy, yes, he's getting money through Patreon now, but being turned down year after year from the app store, you know 
13k in debt from amazon you know <laughs> that's wild good for him yeah i could see that being super frustrated like being told right? yeah we can do it and then next year they're like no but yeah it's and not to surprising those gray, those gray areas of like intellectual property like that's kind of scary trying to make money off of that so yeah uh, it's a yeah that would be a tough area for sure but i'm glad it's in he's his doing hands. a good job yeah <laughs> But I mean, there's still so much that we can talk about, man. I mean, the like we mentioned at the very end, the streaming app services. Uh, I guess the the last thing that we could probably talk about with 17.4 in terms of all these policies and changes that are happening is so Apple opening up their hardware on their iPhone, like their NFC hardware for tap to pay and uh, now removing that proprietary angle where like literally, apparently, anybody, again, in the EU, anybody can now have access and use that to create their own form of the Apple wallet, their own form of Apple pay, which <laughs> when you I say mean, anybody, it's like huge entities like banks, right? Yeah. Like, like big, like yeah. FinTech bank, you know, banks in general. I mean, talk to me a little bit about what you like, what is the benefit of like, let's say like I bank with Chase, right? If Chase is, I don't know if they're overseas or not, but what would be the benefit of me opening my Chase app and paying at the gas station with my Chase app versus Apple wallet? Right. Well, I think the whole thing is they want to actually be a, a, an Apple Pay replacement. Like, so right. it's That's not just reading, like yeah. opening your app, but it's like you double tap to open up Apple Pay. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to double tap, disable Apple Pay, and mm -hmm. use their own, their own like whatever Europe Pay, yeah. EU Pay. Like, so I, I think banks have complained that because of the tight integration with Apple Pay and the hardware, that their Apple has an unfair advantage because they're basically sort of. Mm -hmm. like kind of a bank in a way um yeah or at least so, a medium to a bank you know yeah so so banks have argued and other i guess other entities have said <laughs> well it's not fair that apple gets to have this basically they want to be able to like you hold your phone near a term payment terminal that you could get eu pay yeah to come up right instead of apple pay like, I wonder what the, I guess Apple, def, Apple definitely makes some money off of each transaction on Apple Pay. Like, I think we've seen the numbers, like Apple Pay generates a ton of money for them now, which is wild. Uh, like, I'm very, I'm happy with Apple Pay. I rarely, rarely, rarely carry my wallet anymore. It's very rare. Like, I just have my ID in my car. That's pretty much it. But I want to know, like, what do the banks, what do the banks want out of it? They want to cut out Apple as a middleman. Do, do they collect more data? Is it a way for them to save a little bit of extra money on a per transaction basis. Like those are all things that I want to know. I think all, all of the that. above. Yeah. Yeah. All of the above. I guess I could track people's spending habits a lot closer, even though, I mean, they have our spending habits already, right? They, they see every transaction, but I guess maybe more tight knit integration. It's just, again, a lot of things are going to change and I don't know. It's, it's interesting how Apple's had to really, like they, their hand was forced in the EU. USB-C, my, in my opinion, net positive. Love USB-C. Thank you, oh, EU, yeah, for that. For sure. But this part, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of in the middle where it's like uh, the chicken and the egg when it comes to the App Store. Like, and, you know, developers need the App Store, but then Apple needs the developers to distribute through the App Store to make money. Like, everybody needs each other. So I'm just curious to see how this all unfolds over the next couple months over there. Yeah, my thought on this is that it's just, and I sort of in the show notes just put like convoluted in big yeah. letters because it's just like this whole, like we literally, we're not going to go through everything here because I mean, it's kind of redundant. I'm sure mm -hmm. the guys over at um, Happy Hour did a good job of like going through all those those things. Oh, absolutely. But like, dude, it's so convoluted. And I was just thinking, what would it feel like to work at Apple? You know, because this, from what I hear, this all really started, this initiative, even though these rules have been known for a while, 
actually kicked off in August. So that wasn't that long ago. Think That's about crazy. like it's after WWDC. Just think about the amount of man hours that went into just the documentation. Yeah. Just the documentation. <laughs> like writing this all out. <laughs> just writing this out. Like think about how much work went into that. Not let alone all the code, all the mm -hmm. engineering hours that went into this. And think about if you're an engineer and you 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 this is your dream job, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And now you're working on all this like red tape regulatory, yeah, like, like, like financial, like legal, legal ease. And like, and even from it a just, business strategy standpoint, like I'm even, even that standpoint, like Apple had to reduce their commissions. Like, how, and then internally they're probably like, how much do we reduce it? How much is it enough to make the EU happy? But how much is it enough to deter people from actually doing it in the EU and stay in the app store? You know, like I'm sure so many conversations and meetings were had as to what the perfect number was, you know? And it's just, yeah, it just feels like this is like, because with the app store, the, the whole thing about the iPhone is it, it was just simple, right? And mm -hmm. I think you talked about it with Riley. It, it, it's just a simple, like you go to the app store, you download an app. You don't really have to think about whether or not it's legitimate yeah. or anything like that. And yeah, you pay, but you just <clears throat> it's just easy. But here, everything seems so fragmented yeah. and there's there's, you can do this, but you can't do X, Y, Z. And if you do X, Y, Z, you have to consider B, C, and D. And then it's just yeah. like, there's just so much to consider. Even from someone that's just covering this stuff, it seems overwhelming. Think yeah. about what it would be like to be in Apple and not only have to come up with these, this, this methodology, but to actually implement it. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. And, and my, my whole thing is like, okay, a lot of this stemmed from uh, people not being happy with Apple's 30% commission, right? It mm -hmm. is a big chunk whatever the case may be, and mm -hmm. Epic Games kind of try to work around it with Fortnite and things like that. But, you know, whether you love love or hate X or whatever the case was, they kind of did it the way that I thought most people should do it, which is charge people more if they want to sign up for Twitter Blue or whatever it's called, X, you know, get get your, uh, your check mark. Charge people more if you do it through the application itself. And then if you want to charge people less, send them to your actual website, right? I think that was one of the easiest solutions where nothing becomes fragmented. It's like, all right, Apple, take your cut, take your tax because you're paying it through the app itself. And then if not, get it like a 30% discount getting it through our site directly. I feel like that would have solved a bunch of issues. But now we're in this, like you said, convoluted situation where everybody wants a piece of the pie for good reason. Like, there, I don't know, there's no sides to it. And nobody's in the right or in the wrong. It's just, I think at the end of the day, consumers are going to be the ones feeling it the most. In a... Uh... Both negative and positive way. Yeah. Like, and then you think about <laughs> like just the alternative app stores, all the rules that go into that. I'm just looking at some of the rules. Then you have app store notarization, which is a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like apps on, on the, yeah, apps on the Mac are notarized. Like you yeah. can't, yeah. So they check for accuracy, functionality, safety. Apps can't promote physical harm of the user or public. I'm just reading this. Yeah. Uh, security apps cannot enable distribution of malware or suspicious or unwanted software. They cannot download executable code, read outside of the container. Then there's privacy. They can't collect or transmit private sensitive data without a user's knowledge. So there lot. are going to be some checks there, but they're still obviously, it's not going to be as tightly controlled as the app store. Right. And I think it was like, uh, they said, people are saying that Apple did it this way because they like, they think the EU maybe won't pass all like, I think the EU still has to review all this stuff. Right. Like Apple just came out with this or is this already approved by the EU? Correct me if I'm uh, wrong. 
I don't know, but I know the changes <laughs> like are in March. Like, yeah, the, the changes are happening in March. Like they need yeah. to be done according to the EU. So I don't know. There's still a lot, so of, I guess a lot of things that they got figured out. Yeah, they may have to review this and just see what's okay and what isn't. But I, I really, I've kind of stayed away from that, wading through all the weeds of that. Cause it just yeah. doesn't interest me at all. It's like just boring. I know. But um, I know if you guys want to read like the 27 page uh, PDF <laughs> that describes everything, we'll link it down below. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, like you mentioned, that there's 0% commission um, for apps distributed outside the App Store. But then there's mm -hmm. that core technology fee, which is like, so if you create a marketplace, mm -hmm. you have to pay a a per a annual core technology fee for every user, right? Am yeah. I understanding that correctly? And that's like 50 it's like, 50 cents, 50, how do you say, it? is it pence? No, that's not I, it. I it's point, point 0.5 euros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it pence? I don't know. I guess, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it's uh, like half a euro, right? Yeah. Per person, think about, every 12 yeah. months. So it's like once that year elapses, you got to pay again? I think the language is every first time download every 12 yeah. months. I don't know exactly what that means. Like if I download it in 2023, will I still be charged 50 cents in 2024? I'm not 100% sure, but... It's still going to be expensive. Like I saw, maybe I'll, if I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes, but I saw a tweet that, because Apple has a calculator. They give developers a calculator of how much it's going to cost them to run their own marketplace. So somebody put in a bunch of numbers and basically said that if your marketplace makes $10 million of revenue in year one of this new, this new situation, $6 million of that goes to Apple. Because of core technology fees, you know, the price of having stuff in the app store, the 20% commission, that's crazy. And we're not even talking profit. This is all, this is revenue. So imagine how much in profit these people are making after the fact. It could be like almost nothing. So again, I think Apple's doing it where it's like, yes, you're technically allowed to do it, but we're going to make it relatively difficult and only like big, big players are going to be able to do this. It was kind of confusing to me. So if you have a marketplace, which is basically an alternative app store, mm -hmm. it's every user annually 50 cents, yeah. right? 50 pence or whatever. <laughs> but if, if you are, if you distribute an app on one of these alternative app, st app stores, you get the first million free. So it's a little bit different if you're a developer okay. and you're launching an app on an alternative app store, the first mm -hmm. million, there's no core technology fee. It's only after that first million that you start getting the, you know, ding for okay. each user. But if you're an, if you're a marketplace creator, you create your own store there is no, there's no like threshold. It's mm -hmm. you're getting charged that 50 cents right out of the gate. So that's, that's just re really interesting. And then there's reduced commissions for app store distribution in the EU as well. So they actually did, yeah. if you want to stay in the app store, which I think most would. Most people are going to. Yeah. Then there so. is going to be reduced commissions there. So that 30% has been, been significantly cut down. Um, yeah, so there's some. A 20% now for developers. And then if you're a small business, I think it's 10 in total or 17% for the larger yeah. companies and 10, right? Yeah. 17 yeah. plus 3% of apps use Apple's in-app purchase system. And then mm -hmm. if you're a small business developer, 10% plus 3% down from 15%. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, there's a lot to consider here. Like, mm -hmm. and we haven't even talked about multiple browser options either. It's oh, like, yeah. so like you're going to be able, when an EU user once iOS 17.4 launches, when you open up, I think it's when you launch Safari, you're yeah, presented you with Safari. a list. 
you're presented with a list of all the popular browsers in your location. So it varies mm-hmm. by various, you know, there's multiple countries in the EU. So if you're in Greece for, or Germany, for instance, you, they have a list, Aloha, Brave, Chrome, DuckDuckGo, yeah. Edge, Firefox, and then you can choose which one you want. And here's the other cool thing. Developers can actually use their own engines instead of yeah. having to rely on WebKit. So basically up until now, pretty much every browser was at its core the exact same. It was, it was, it was just Safari. different skin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, different skin on top. But now you actually can launch your own uh, engines. It will require a browser engine entitlement from Apple. So they still have to improve that engine. <laughs> but uh, that is yeah. kind of cool because now you're going to actually have some real differentiation. 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 There you differentiation? Go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> You'll have Which some I, real. I like that. I'm, I'm yeah. a fan of the native browsers changing, and and also what I like about Apple is Apple's not forcing their hand with Safari. Like it's not you open up Safari and it asks you, "Do you want to make Safari your default browser?" No, it's here are all of your options. Now pick one, right? Instead yeah. of forcing, not forcing you, but making it easy for you to pick Safari. So that combined with people or companies being able to use their own foundation in terms of their. Uh, to create their web their web browser, I think it's going to be, I think that's a good change. You know, as much as I like Safari on my phone, I use Chrome mostly on my Mac and on my iPad, right? Just because it's like, I, I can't really tell why. It's just like something I've gravitated to. It works better most of the time unless you're using Apple native applications and things like that. But being able to have like a true version of Chrome or a true version of Edge or a true version of Brave, I think it's going to be beneficial for most people. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree there. Hopefully that comes to everywhere instead of just the EU, but that is a good change in my opinion. Um, So again, there's tons of stuff you can wade through on this. We'll have links in the show notes Mm -hmm. as well to all these various documents and stuff like that. I thought it was funny. Apple's press release was very hostile. Like, and you could Mm -hmm. tell they were, they were ticked. Definitely take a read of that. Yeah. Yeah, They weren't happy about this. We were forced to do this. Like, this is what you got to do now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, basically. Now, with all that being said, there were some actual like normal changes that were in mm-hmm. iOS um, 17.4. Yeah. Uh, well, one one big one, which I, I know you liked with stolen device protection, if you want to walk the people through that one. Yeah. So stolen device protection now, previously it would have the ability to only uh, set up that threshold, that hour threshold when you mm-hmm. were, weren't at a familiar location like home or work, but now you have the option to always implement that threshold yeah. when someone um, tries to unlock your your uh, yeah. device there and so, access so, your various stuff. So it's basically in any situation, if you have it, it's always on. Like if I'm going in to change my Apple ID password, there'll be a one hour delay before I can do that. Right. Yeah. Which is cool. I kind of like that feature. I do too. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think it makes sense. If somebody has your Apple ID or your passcode nowadays, dude, they can get into anything. Which is wild, bank yeah. accounts, banking apps, you know, your uh, your ID, you know, your Apple Wallet. They can get kind of dangerous nowadays. Yeah, for so sure. definitely stay protected, whole... everybody. Yeah, and there's six new emoji. What do we yeah. got? We got the the phoenix bird shaking your head up and down and side to side, uh, brown mushroom, a lime, and <laughs> a broken Some chain. Breaking chains. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that that's actually kind of fitting, given yeah, <laughs> the right? content of 17. One more slap in the face by Apple. It's like, all right, take this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and there's, there's Siri now will read messages in additional languages. So there's an option for that. Mm-hmm. There's a hint that a new iPad with landscape face ID camera. Yeah, which I'm very happy for. about that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Felipe was the one that found that one in the code. Yeah. So there is, there is a... 
there is some proof in the pudding stating that we will have the selfie and face ID camera in the correct position. Yes. And Thank you for saying nice. that. Correct. Cause that is in the true, man. And I'm yeah. sick of having to look like that to, to the left. And then like, yeah. it's like angled <laughs> like, this way, you know, it just looks stage, so stage managers like moving you around the whole time <laughs> or not stage. What is it? Uh, center stage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Center stage. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe an Apple pencil three, right. A gen three. But I also, I don't think there's going to be much change. I think they're just adding like find my to it. And I mean, I don't know what else they could do to the Apple pencil. Um, and then what are Apple podcasts? Seven? Yeah. Uh, that's what we have. Auto, auto generated transcripts and Apple podcasts. Um, there's uh, hopefully you guys get this one transcribed. Yeah, maybe we'll, see. we'll see. It's a lot of, a lot of me rambling. So, <laughs> so in the oh, music so app scary. though, the music app, Apple has renamed the listen now tab and made it the home tab, which I think is a good change. Cause yeah. it's all, I've always been confused by the music. I'm like, which one is like, I don't know yeah, if like, it's just me. Is it just me that's always confused when I look at the bottom of my uh, music app? So I'm a Spotify user, which oh. is crazy being a, a nine to five Macker, but okay. Spotify will forever be my number one. You know, okay. I do have Apple one, so I have access to Apple music. I very rarely use it. Um, I do. I will say that Apple music does work much better on your Apple watch. If you're just like, if you want to outdoor run with just your Apple watch, Apple music works better nine out of 10 times than Spotify. Spotify sometimes, really? I don't know what it is. Sometimes it doesn't connect my headphones correctly. Sometimes it dies on me. Sometimes it disconnects and Apple music works 99% of the time. That's the only yeah. time I go to Apple music, but on my phone, Spotify knows me better than Apple music does <laughs> at this point. Yeah. So lots and lots of stuff in 17.4 yeah. again. Um, so yeah, check those out. Now, you did some pretty cool videos this past week. So the first video that I posted was about the iPad Air because we did get a leak by, I believe it was 91 Mobile. So I do think Apple is going to be changing a little bit of what the iPad lineup is going to look like. And definitely stay tuned because this I think 2024, there's going to be a lot of iPads released. And we'll definitely give you guys a buyer's guide because it's going to get even more confusing <laughs> than it already is. But Apple is set to release a new larger iPad Air, right? I think they're taking inspiration from the iPhone Plus models that are being that are working more successfully than anticipated compared to like the iPhone mini models. People don't, you know, the average person doesn't care about the promotion display. They don't care about the very nice finishes. They don't care about having uh, the best camera in the world. They kind of just want like a larger display that works fluidly and works reliably. So I think that's what Apple's doing with the iPad Air. They're throwing an M2 chip in there, which will be relatively limited by iPad OS, but you'll have a 60 Hertz uh, display but it'll just be 12.9 inches. And I believe that's going to work with the current Magic Keyboard, just like the 11-inch one does, um, but it'll probably still have Touch ID. The only, the only difference is going to be the size and the battery, in my opinion. So I think that one's going to be, first off, it's going to be the battery king of the whole iPad lineup. And secondly, it's gonna I, think I think it's going to sell the most out of any iPad. Absolutely. And to, to round things off, um, of course, Vision Pro next mm -hmm. week, we get that. So we're looking forward yeah. to that. But you did an accessory roundup on the Vision Pro. But before that, looks like there are some delays as well. There are some delays, supposedly. Vision Pro. Are you um, you're still good? I'm still good so okay. far. It hasn't yeah, actually here. shipped yet. I have I've checked like the UPS My Choice thing and, and it just says nothing's okay. waiting on you. So Yeah. That's why I mean, see. from what I'm seeing, people that decided to pick up in store haven't seen any delays. Uh it's just people that are getting them shipped home. Some oh, so thanks for rubbing it in, man. So thanks I'm just saying, I'm going in store. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, we'll see, man. You probably will be happy. I'm going to be sad coming Friday. But you, you did do an accessory roundup, though. Yeah, there. Are, 
I kind of want to see what's out there because typical Apple fashion, you know, Apple makes some high quality stuff for their uh, products, first party accessories, but they're usually a little overpriced, in my opinion, right? We were just talking about bit. it. Yeah, their travel case, which is just like a hard shell fabric travel case. I, I'm sure it'll be nice and look look nice, but it's $200. That's crazy. So, you know, there's already companies like Spigen coming out with their own version of it for like 80 bucks, which has a lot more function. I, I'll leave in the show notes. They already have a name for it and everything. But, you know, zipper pockets, being able to carry more than just a Vision Pro, a little carrying case um, for 80 bucks. Now, that's something that I'd be okay spending, right? There's also companies like uh, Bandwork that make Apple Watch bands for the most part. They're making really nice, like aesthetically pleasing in different colors because, or, or headbands at least. Because as of right oh, now, if, yeah. you buy, if you buy a Vision Pro, they're all going to look the same. There's no variation. There's no colors. There's no... There's nothing to differentiate Apple Pro from another Apple Pro or Apple, Apple Pro, a Vision Pro from a Vision Pro. So, I never thought about that. It's good. Uh, that's a good third party opportunity for sure. And I saw, right? did you, did you have like a protective cover thing for the, uh, so there's, there's one funny one. I don't think I included it in the video, but I did kind of throw it in our Slack, which was, uh, I think caviar and that company that makes like hundred thousand dollar <laughs> iPhones. They're making like a gold plated, like visor cyberpunk style that goes over this thing that's going to be an insane amount of money so yeah if you, guys want to you jump put on it on one, you'll be like this yeah it's already heavy enough you you're gonna be your hit. <laughs> hey but you'll be worth like 10 grand with that thing on you know yeah i was wondering like it would it be a good idea to invest in like a protective like because i've seen those on amazon mm -hmm. where they have like a protective like you know for instance your phone um i've made the mistake of not putting a screen protector on here because yeah. I used to think you don't need screen protectors. Yeah, it's, it's made glass. sapphire or whatever, you know? What's the, what's you should your buzzword see my phone. <laughs> you should see it. It's terrible. This looks like a cat just working. went and just did that. <laughs> it's bad, man. It's so yeah. scratched up. So yeah, you, put, you put your phone with, in the same pocket as your keys? <laughs> good luck, man. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking and that actually might be a good investment if it's not too heavy to add like a yeah. protective thing. On the vision yeah, so this definitely be on the lookout because I've even I've spoken to Spigen. They're coming out with stuff. Like I mentioned, uh, Spec is another company that has like a trio of stuff coming out. So things will be coming out that are a lot cheaper than getting it from Apple. So just yeah. be on the lookout. Companies are going to come around to it. The volume probably won't be as much because obviously there's a billion iPhones in the world. That's why there's so many accessories. There's only about 200,000 of these coming out to begin with. But little by little, just go on Amazon and those no-name companies will be your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get some googly eyes. I think that's definitely right. Like, I definitely want those. So that'd be so Man. funny. Wear those in public, and all of a sudden you're just like. <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited for it nonetheless. Yeah. So next week, you know, it's I, I don't know what the like. <clears throat> maybe we better move the show to Saturday. I don't know. We'll have to talk about it because, yeah. like, obviously on Friday, we're gonna be we're busy. Not, yeah, we're not gonna want to get on this podcast man are we yeah. like maybe i don't know we'll see well, we gotta be knows? maybe you'll be the first person i want to talk about it too you know okay all right all right maybe we will <laughs> uh it's gonna be a wild one next week so enjoy the calm before the storm everybody you know it's gonna be a quiet beginning of the week but after that just get ready for a lot of content although i think some reviewers obviously not us but some reviewers are getting the vision pro a little early <laughs> to review womp. that thing so yeah uh, maybe one day we'll get on that list until yeah, then we'll day. be getting it just with everybody else on friday yeah we with the people yeah. man we with the people yeah exactly <laughs> all right man well it's nice talking to you as always and i'll catch you soon all right see you guys Peace, everybody good weekend <laughs>